going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for Jack's tournament, the Memorial. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian. He's so hot that he started a forest fire in Nova Scotia. Tyler Tamberley, Tyler. What is up, my friend? Hopefully you are not in that type of badness that I've seen online in your area. He's Kenny doing the research before you get into the pod today on what's going on in my surrounding areas. We are in the state of emergency block just outside the evacuation zone. So hopefully all is well. Lots of crazy stuff going on. Went to my parents' house last night just in case. But appreciate you looking out for me. Shout out to anybody out there that is involved. Hopefully you're all right. But it's a lot going on right now. A lot of craziness. But happy to be here with you, my friend, as always. Want to get into this. We're going to talk the memorial. Going to talk Jack's place. Like you said, going to talk Billy Horschel saying thanks, buddy, to Jack Nicholas as he shakes his hand when he gets off the green last year. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Kenny Grillo, our guy. We got to shout out some people. Ben Raza, longtime super fan. Resident fill-in. Ryan Baroff goes off and predicts it to start the week with the picture photoshopped and all. So lots of big winners out there. Congrats to all that had the tickets. It was not easy down the stretch, but I foresee Kenny a lot more kids being brought onto the practice area before the playoff after the bounces he got in, in the playoff. Uh, you know, he brought the kids out, had a little fun with them. Who cares? He said he has a different perspective now with I believe a 14 or 18 month old. And he said, whatever like we'll just see what happens he got some incredible bounces but played really good all week it was unfortunate to see it with the way it shook out with the creek and all that but good that he got the job done in the end shout out to eg what did you think of the event yeah so no one hit the water on 18 the whole week until the final two groups all oh. <laughs> missed left uh and then Grio missed the right and i don't know why you know i've watched this tournament every year for like 20 years <laughs> I've never seen anyone hit it in that little little ditch that he hit it in where it rolled back. Pretty incredible stuff. I was like, well, people are screwed. Nah, I thought Harry, I thought uh, uh, Shank was going to go in and, and ship it after that, but Grio got lucky on that bounce uh, on that second playoff hole. I mean, that easily could have bounced like into the anyway. bunker or anyway. stayed there. It just bounced perfectly and got within, within eight feet uh, because Shank hit an unbelievable chip. Oh, that chip that he hit—it was impossible. It was impossible. Ah, <laughs> uh, and he got it within like two feet, and I was like, "Oh, Grio's gonna miss this, and he's gonna lose." But hey, shout out to Ben. Shout out to uh, Brian Baroff. Uh, always big Grio guys. I had about twenty-five percent of them. Uh, wasn't enough for me to do anything in GPPs. Cash is horrible. I don't want to talk about that. One of the worst weeks. Like I, I what? I think my first one of three or one of four. A week I've had, uh, I think this year probably. So not a great week. Uh, uh, lost about half the money that I won uh, at uh, the PJ Championship. Hey, but I still have the other half. We could blow it this week, and I'm ready. Um, what do you think about the event? I thought it was solid. Scheffler doing a say. Scheffler played really bad, actually. I thought, and to still be up there for him. I mean, he's he, him he, every I, week. It's the same story every week. I was just gonna say we're gonna get to it when we get here. His ownership at least should be held down some this week because we have an absolutely loaded field. It's one of my favorite events of the season outside of the majors. So I love this week. I think a lot of people say that, but I, it just, whatever it is, the aura, like this is just a special event. Everybody loves it. It's always a great field besides Billy Ho last year. I think it was 13 under versus the next closest was nine under 
boring. Remember I said last year, I think the B and Billy stands for boring, but good job to him. And then called And I said, it stands for buddy because I'll bring it up again. He called Jack buddy when he got off the course. Like I can't imagine walking up to shake his hand. Thanks buddy. Like, all right, come on, Billy, get it together. Is that like a generational thing? Because like, I say that all the time. Yeah, I think it is. People like my age, like 40 plus. I mean, like, I don't get it. I don't see it being that big of a deal. Hey, buddy, what's up, man? It's a running joke, I think, now on Twitter, but it is more of an aggressive, instead of just like, thanks. Like, he didn't, you you think of a sir, or like, you really appreciate this guy, respect him, all that, and just comes out and calls him buddy. I just remember it, and I thought it was hilarious at the time. But either way, Billy Ho, uh, I don't know what he ended up finishing, but I don't know if you heard last week the conversation around T40. It fell apart. He started strong. Mayo and I talked about him on Wednesday, but it came up that he is back with his caddy from his longtime run back at the FedEx cup when he won it. So don't know if that's going to change things up this time, this time around at this event, but he is defending uh, shank Paul Haley, Kim, some of those guys up there. I don't know. I didn't have much of those guys, but some of the others like Scheffler uh, Burns, Ricky Fowler continues to do it after missing the cut on the number comes back with another T six. I believe he officially qualified for the open with that. So, I mean, pretty good stuff for Ricky Fowler. Some other guys hovered, was up there. I had him as one of my core guys over at Ship Nation. So there was a lot of stuff that I got right, but not enough to be up there at the top with the rest of the guys. So we'll see. Try and make it back this week. I always like the stronger field events personally. So I'm excited for this one. We have the, the tighter field, stronger field, and a great event. So I'm excited to talk about this one. Anything else for last week, Kenny, before we move on? Yeah, I didn't catch too much. I had like four guys in the top 20 that I bet on. Mm-hmm. Three of them were eight places each way going into the weekend, and none of them finished better than like 45th. So I, I I was just out of it this weekend. It was was not a great week. Hopefully we can bounce back uh, when we come to it uh, for the Memorial. Um, anything else before we head into our listener league? Thought I had one more thing, but I don't see it here. Um, Scheffler, we're going to talk about. He played bad. The Ricky Fowler thing was the other one. And then I think that was it, man. If it, if I think of anything, it'll pop up. I'll let you know. But for now, we can right. move on. So let's go to our listener league. Our winner was Hot Hooper 7. Uh, I think that's a first-time winner for, for us. Uh, 438 and a half points. He had Scotty Scheffler finished in third. He was 50% owned. Uh, he had Morikawa. What's up with Morikawa? Let's talk about Morikawa real, real quick. Yeah, He hasn't won in almost two years. Are you worried about him at all? <laughs> Sucks you have to start this pod with that because it's the one we're actually going to have to consider him this week, I think. It's kind of a good yeah. setup if he could be the Morikawa of old. But again, you say it, it is true. But remember, it's two different times where he was up, what, four or five strokes and then let that go. So potentially could have had at least a win in the mix or something to talk about. But He's trying to keep after it, man. It's like, look at the week. It's what, 60, started week, but then 67, 70, 70 after that opening 73. I mean, he did battle back to make the cut and then a couple 70s over the weekend that obviously could have been better. It's just the way it goes. Even par, eight under won the thing. You, you could say, again, it's just a couple strokes off of being in the mix and we're talking about him in a different light. He's still got to show us something known in this week, 9,900, the perfect best buy pricing to make those decisions when we get there. So I don't know. Yeah. You have any other thoughts on him? I, I feel like the respect that he gets in DraftKings is a lot. I mean, the guy hasn't won uh, in two years and he's being priced top five every week we see him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's definitely got to be worrying him a little bit because he came on so strong, winning two majors, winning all those events and not winning in two years, sort of a big deal. 
Um, you know, I mean, like two years is a long time. Uh, it, it, I, I'm a little worried about him. I, I'm sure he's young enough. I, I think he's skilled enough where he can, you know, overcome whatever he needs to overcome. But a little worried. Two years, no wins. I mean, I'm not going to bet him this week. Are you betting him this week? What is he like, 16 to 1? No, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, like, how do you bet that number when the guy hasn't won in two years? I mean, I know we're looking ahead and and we're trying to, you know, predict what happens. And can he win this event? Of course he can. But I'm a little worried about the guy. You know, I mean, it's got to be in his head. After having all that success so early on and then to just, for two years, nothing. Nothing. And I think some of that's baked in too, though, right? Obviously, the the setup too. A couple of things. One, the major wins definitely matter more than the other wins, so people still factor that in. And then two, his, history at this course not the worst, but again, it just depends on on how you see it shaking out and what you've seen this week. Like last week, I remember for sure round one because we did the round two show right here on the Mayo Media Network, and it was talking about how his irons were so off in round one, and they were. I just went back and double checked. It was like a stroke and a half that he lost, and then he bounced back with the irons over the next three days. And that's how he got back at least somewhat into the mix. He wasn't really ever in the mix. He finished even par. I'm just saying in general, bad first round will do that to you. But to your point of the overall grand scheme of things, I don't know if I'm worried about him as much as just saying like the guy, the guy's such a talent. It's just, he's got a, he's, he's having one of those lull periods that we see some of these guys have. And then you just wonder how long does it last for? That's, that's what it always comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw a lull period with Jason day took five years, Ricky's five years. I mean, Speed even had a, a pretty decent lull there for a while. Yeah, Speed did. I mean, Webb, you'd look at Webb from like, you know, until 2018. Prior to that, you know, not much. I, I think I Speed mean, we, is a good example as the early success factor. Yeah. You remember when Cowell won his second major, it was, there was stats that were literally comparable that they were putting him up next to Tiger Woods, but in this era of in this many starts, in this many setups, like this many cuts made, this many top tens, like all the stuff really was lining up, even though it wasn't likely to last long-term. We all know that. I'm just saying as an example, it was brought up of early success, much like Jordan Speed. It's how could they, how could anything ever happen to Jordan, the golden boy? And then there was that period. And now of course he's bounced back heavily since then, but just to bring it up, that's kind of how you're seeing this happen. You just never know. And you just don't know for how long, right? There's always lulls. It happens, but how long? That's the question. Yeah. Oh, well, the question is, when do you jump back on them? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it this week, but we'll see. So Morikawa, um, hot Hooper seven had Morikawa the second, Scheffler his first. He had Grio, who was 10% owned. Uh, Putnam, who was 10% owned, finished in 30th. Badly, 1% owned, finished 21st. Reevy, 6% owned, finished 40th. Basically, the superstars and scrubs. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I liked it actually for that reason. A couple things. One, got out of that zone. Like I know he had Putnam at 7,100, who was 10%, which is not, it is what it is down there. There was stuff moved all around, but there was guys that were heavier owned, heavier owned in like the Hostlers, the Rogers, the JT Postons, the Nick Taylors, all those guys. So what I like is went up above, skipped the nines, eights completely, and then added the six Ks, which I've talked about plenty of weeks. And I'll bring it up again this week. I'm sure I brought it up the last couple, but especially. In events like this, where it was the smaller, the invitational style field, I think it was 119 with the Svensson WD last week, who's back this week, by the way, we'll talk more on that later. But in general, uh, 64, 6,900, these guys can be priced like badly. Sure. 6,400. That's about right. But if Reeby was 7,100 and not 69, it makes no difference to me. Two people get caught up in that and see it. It's just a price. 
They have to put everybody somewhere down there. They put a bunch more at 69, at 68, at 67, than they do at 71, 72, 73. So really people worry, oh, but I'm getting two 6K guys. Is that okay? It's fine. Like that, it's literally fine. And when Pat and I did the show on Wednesday last week, we looked at almost three 6K guys was actually rating out better than some of the other lineups with like the chalk setup of the four low 7K guys. So I think it was fine the way that this was set up, happened to land on the perfect $7,700 guy in the winner. But I'm more than okay with it. And that was that was with guys like Morikawa, um, Baddeley, those guys not even really coming through. And then just the scoring. We talk about this all the time, but look at Revi, T40, scored more points than Baddeley at T21. It's 20 spots on the leaderboard, but the DK scoring is what matters most. Definitely got to keep that in mind at these style tournaments this week again. So this week's a little more with position points, but uh, there is Eagles out there. And if you find them, those are going to be the ones you're going to want to have. So definitely keep that in mind when we get to the Memorial for this week. All right, so let's get to the course. Uh, the PGA Tour moves to Ohio for the Memorial Tournament from Muirfield Village. Uh, a couple of years ago, Jack made some really big changes uh, to the course. Uh, he redid all the grass on the fairways and greens, adjusted the bunkers, changed the contours of the greens, added a bunch of new trees, and new tee boxes are put in to lengthen the course about 100 yards when maxed out. Um so uh, the course lengthening, fairway grass change, and the redoing of bunkers, you know, aren't that big of a deal. But the work on the greens is very important. You know, first off, resodding of greens usually leads to firmer conditions. Uh, the first few years, uh, as the new grass grows, the greens are crazy firm in 2020, which led to one of the more difficult scoring conditions this course has ever seen. A couple of years ago with the new greens, uh, you know, Ron was at minus 18 before he withdrew. Uh, the winning score was still only minus 13, only a handful of golfers, uh, double digit under par. Uh, you know, last year, of course, uh, Billy Ho won. I think he was the only one double digit under par. Um, unless there's a deluge of rain, which I don't see in the forecast right now, looks pretty dry. Um, I expect we see the same sort of tough scoring conditions, like low teens winning with only a couple people on double digit under par. Uh, you know, Jack wants this course to play tough. And with the rain, uh, you know, they've been getting a good amount of rain this year, but the last couple of weeks has been dry. So it's like the perfect storm where he can get that rough up like four inches and the fairways and greens can play firm and fast. And that's exactly what Jack's looking for. I mean, it could be, it could be tough uh, this year. Now, Murfield Village, 7,550-yard 7, par 72, four par threes, four par fives most of which are reachable in two, unless they use like the back-back tees. Uh, now, off the tee, golfers will see uh, tree-line fairways that are above average and width until around the 300-yard mark. Um, you know, after that, the fairways get much more narrow. There are deep fairway bunkers and water in play on 11 holes. The water's pretty tricky here, uh, as creeks sometimes run up alongside the entire hole and in some cases cross through the middle of the fairway. Uh, now, with the wide fairways, you would think that this is a driver every course, uh, but in 2019, it ranked in the bottom 10 courses on tour and driving distance. Average driving distance around 282. Uh, two years ago, average was 285. Last year, similar uh, in that range. So golfers must avoid the trouble that surrounds the fairways. So many tee shot, uh, so on many tee shots, the driver is going to be left in the bag. Uh, if these fairways are missed, thick, four, with four and a half inch rough, will make the approach shots uh, into these greens, uh, into these smaller screens, very difficult. Although uh, they'd rather be in the rough than a fairway bunker. The bogey or worst percentage here after hitting a fairway bunker is close to 60%. 
well above tour average, leaving the ball below the hole on approach is also super important uh, here as many of the greens slope from back to front. Even though the greens have been reconfigured, this aspect still remains the same. Uh, golfers that hit over the greens will have very difficult chips. If, if they hit it deep and the pin is in the back location, it's almost an auto bogey or worse. Uh, the softening of this course from rain can drastically change the difficulty uh, of the course. We've seen it in the past. 2015 course is soft. The average score was under par. 2013, really dry, really fast, really firm. Sixth most difficult course on tour. And now, they, you know, with the state-of-the-art sub-air system that they just put in a couple of years ago, it's possible that even a light rain might not make the course easier at all. A deluge, you know, might. But then again, Jack is going to do everything in his power to keep things firm and fast. And from what I see from the weather report, I don't see any rain. So looking at the forecast, it looks dry without that much wind. So, you know, that can mean very firm fairways, very firm greens. The greens are bent grass and are usually um, uh, firm, depending on whether I expect them to be firm this week. Once again, water and sand come into play around the putting surface, and the greens themselves are somewhat hilly, undulating, and multi-tiered. The final three-hole stretch, really hard. Long par three, two very long par fours, danger everywhere. Uh, since the fairways are fairly easy to hit, this course is definitely an approach shot-driven course. Finding golf with a good iron play, good short game, probably going to be the key this week. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers? Yeah, big time. I, I go longer term on this course. I think it's just like you said, it's really difficult, and it's always going to be that way. It can only get harder to some of the stuff you brought up. Don't see a bunch of rain or anything like that coming in, so it's going to be challenging. So I think for me, T to green, just in general, long term, keep that in mind. Just look at it from that when you're breaking it down specifically you know, the around the green, the bogey avoidance, the par five scoring that's out there, and then just the the approach shots like you talked about. So be looking at all that, but realistically, like I said, just you're not really going to get right on this course. And then on top of it, you have to just be, you have to have everything in the bag. So it's going to matter. That's why the guys like Scotty and Rom will be the biggest conversation up top. And then we go from there. Lastly, just strategy perspective wise, like if you just look at it, people are going to be choosing at these big dogs. you got Pat, we're going to, it's a segue into the top tier, but before we go to it, I'm saying like, can't lay the course history, Rom, his own course history, because it goes with technically one of those wins probably was his from can't lay. And then you got Scheffler playing out of his mind right now. Like I said, another bad week for him, but it's only the putting, right? It's not like the guy's having a bad week. His ball striking, I should have prefaced this earlier. His ball striking is off the charts. It's his putting and especially his short putting that has been the issue and it just continues to be even this past week again, or else he's winning by five strokes or something insane. It feels like on Saturday, he could have been seven under and he shot three under bogey free. I'm sure he was kicking himself even with a round like that. So either way, that's where people are going to be going, Kenny. And I think after last week, how it worked out, this is interesting because a lot of people will go there for good reason. I don't know if you remember this or not, but last year, this event, and it's not last year's not do this year for this. I'm just saying it can happen where the more balanced lineups win. Last year was the most insane balanced winning lineup I remember seeing in maybe ever. It was Billy Horschel, I think, at 8,900, and then four more 8K guys and a $7,800 guy. I believe if, if I'm 100, I don't know if I'm 100% right on that, but it's very close. It was five 8Ks and a 7K that got the job done here last year. You just never really see something like that, but it's just the way it goes depending on how that leaderboard looks. So last year, nothing to do with this year. Just saying it is interesting that I think people are going to chase what they saw last week for good reason. I'm going to play some of these guys up top, but there is some really good players in this balanced range. So I'm definitely going to look at those as well. Maybe building sets. 
So let's go ahead and up into this 10K range. We have Xander all the way up to Scheffler. How are you going about it this week? This is very tough, Kenny. Like, man, Xander himself looks very good. Xander himself is the guy that even the 18th was his worst result in forever that we just saw before that. Second, fourth, fourth, 10th, eighth. Like, this guy has been dominant. The stats all look good. Number one in par five scoring long term. Like, again, I'll bring that up. I'll go into that stuff. He's top two in the model long term, so he's second. And you go look at it from that perspective. You got to think he's interesting at 10 2. What are you going to hope for? Cantley to pull some ownership away, I guess, but Cantley still looks damn good. Again, you go, especially in the long term stuff, he's right there. I have Xander ahead of him in that. But when you pull in course history and look at it from that perspective, third, first, seventh, third, like this guy's just been very good here himself. I think he leads on this course over the last five years in Tita Green. So those two, and then Rom or Scheffler, I'm leaning Scheffler. Right now, again, you can't fault anyone for playing Rom. I love Rom. I'm always in on Rom, but you don't have to pick. Like I said, you can definitely mix and match as long as you make some stands in the second range. But I guess I'll kick it to you on that note, Kenny. I think this range is head and shoulders above the next range. I know some weeks we debate that. When you got Rom, Scheffler, Cantlay, X, and we didn't even talk about Rory, but just who knows if he's still broken. The other four versus Kawa, Hovland, Jason Day, Hatton, Thomas, M., that type of stuff. I, I don't know, man. What are, what are your thoughts on this with these guys up top? I'm playing four of the five guys. So I'm playing 50 lineups this week. I'm going to play four of these five guys. I'm in the same boat as you. I don't like the 9K range. Um, I, I, I like Hatton and Hovland. That's it. Uh, in the 9K range. Are the only, and, and, you know, Hovland or Hatton's in my is one of my cash game cornerstones. We'll get there. But, you know, so I'm only going to be playing 20% of him. So... I'm going to I'm going to space it out like 30% to 20% for each of these guys, like 20 to 40% for each of these four guys, and then I'm going to make a stand in the 8k range. Maybe go a couple of guys, maybe Ricky. I'm thinking about it. That's going to be my 40 to 45% guy. And then I'm going to space it out here. So when I'm ranking it, I would go Scheffler 1, Rom too. It's it, 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 it's it's not that hard. You don't have to overthink that. You know what I'm saying? Now, my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Cantley because you have that $500 in savings from Rom. You have $800 in savings from Scheffler. Um, you know, only Rom really compares with Cantley's course history. Cantley's won here twice. He's been on the verge of winning this season. Cantley hasn't won this year yet, right? I don't believe so. I, I don't think he has, but he's been close. That though, there was something. Yeah, I think he's been in the mix plenty of times. He's been, he's, you know, he's been top ten, top five a bunch. Uh, I think yeah, a win third is Genesis, coming. fourth API, yeah. third RBC Heritage. That's what it yeah. was. Just used to seeing him up there, but no closes. So you think you would you would expect that a win's probably coming for him soon? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and use Cantley as my as my first cash game cornerstone. Meaning I'm only going to have twenty percent of them. So depending on how I see the ownership. I'm thinking I might go 30-30-30 on Scheffler, Rom, and, and Xander. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's probably how I'm going to spread everything out, 30%. So 15 lineups each of those of those guys uh, basically is how I'm going to go about it. I'm going to start almost all my lineups with one of those three guys. And then Cantley's going to be in there as well just because he has that 20%. And then I'm going to skip the majority of the 9K range. Um, Hatton, like I said, is my second cash game cornerstone. Uh, the guy's just been playing unbelievable golf. He hasn't played here in years. At least he made the cut the last time he played. Um, you know, and the guy's form has been excellent. At some point in time, he probably would be due for a victory. I bet him. 
uh, this week also. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and play, have him as my second Cascade Cornerstone. And I'm going Hovland. Uh, you know, again, a good showing last week. Not great, but, you know, uh, the worry I have, of course, is him playing back-to-back really tough courses, eight hole, eight, eight rounds and really tough conditions. But he's young enough, I think, where it shouldn't affect him uh, physically. He should be able to go out there and still perform. I, I like him. It's a ball strikers course. He's the best, but one of the best ball strikers out there. I like Hovland and GPP's Tampa. Yeah, just the interesting thing is this is someone's talking today in the Discord about this. Remember when Hovland used to be Sunday Hovland? You just knew he was going. Remember, there was like that stretch of nine rounds or something where he threw up a 65 to 69 range. Like it was always under 70 and it was always a solid round. Now lately, feels like he can't do anything on a Sunday. Again, it, it's not the, the truth because if you go to the PGA Championship, he was great on Sunday until hole 16. So it, it's one of those things where it just was overlooked by the fact that Brooks was in the mix getting the job done and closing it out. So I wouldn't hate on him for that, but that's kind of where I was at too. I like Hovland. I like Hatton. A lot of people have bet JT. I couldn't get to it. I still see it at like 28. You can still hit it. Maybe it is too much, but I, I don't know. Like I haven't seen it. Long-term looks good. Stats, everything. It's JT. You know what it is, but I'm just saying that's kind of the thought there. And then I I coined it last week, Kenny, but an intervention. I, I don't know. Do I need one or what? Do I go back to keep playing Sungjae Im? Because I, I've been, I played him off the win in Korea chalked it up to, oh, maybe it was the fact of the travel. Played him again last week, didn't work out. Third time's the charm, or we just keep going down here? Like, what? what's the deal? You talked about Kawa. What, what's the deal with Sungjae at 9,100 here? Yeah, well, Sungjae was never in the league with Kawa. He has no major, only one But twice. it's just a guy to talk about. That same yeah. situation, like, what are we doing? The guy was on fire, got the win in Korea. It's only two times out. But even before that, on the, as far as the PGA Tour stuff goes, it's really been kind of like a Fowler run. He was getting T20s and T6s and T7, like same type of run that Ricky Fowler's on. So where, where are we putting Sungjae right now? I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever say this again. I'd rather play Ricky Fowler over Sungjae. Okay. See, that's I, I, mean. I, I think there's other people feeling the same way, and I get I get it fully. I understand. I'm just saying it's it's tough. He's 91. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to play Sungjae. He's just having been playing well. Can he bounce back and forth? He can't. But if I want to play three or four guys up top in the 10K range, I can't be spreading it thin in the 9K. I just so got to really play those. Quick, I'll close up the 9K. I want to tell you one more thing on them just to see where your thoughts are. So, again, I run it longer term for the for the, for the the Memorial majors and stuff, too. I'll look at it, but for sure on this. So, first in par five scoring over the last 50 rounds, Sung JM. Fourth in bogey avoidance, Sung JM. Eighth in good drives, like just having his, giving himself a chance right out of the gate, putting in the fairway. And then top 20-ish on around the green and tee to green in general at 9,100. So it's like, I don't know. If the ownership goes away completely because people just are done or they want to go down to that next range or go above and play JT and some of those other guys, I probably, like I said, need the intervention. But I'm definitely still considering it at just 9,100. Well, the problem is he's the third worst iron player in the last 50 rounds from golfers $8,000 and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he just hasn't been hitting his irons very well. Uh, that's been his biggest issue. Uh, you know, you you always used to think, you know, top 30, top 40 when it comes to iron play, but I have him ranked 63rd. It hasn't uh, been. in the last 50 rounds, uh, you know, in this field. It's just that that iron game just hasn't been good without that. I mean, you need, I know the thing about it is his game is good all around, he has he's above average in everything, but. If his iron game is not really above 
you know, uh, being above average really doesn't mean much. You know, you're going to be what 70th, uh, you know, or something like that. That's above average. If it's not like in the top 40, top 30, top 20 uh, for the week, you're just not going to see it from him. And, and I don't see that getting any, I mean, it could, it's golf, but from what he's shown me, it hasn't been great. Yeah. It's just crazy though. When you go back, it's like, again, it's the Charles Schwab missed the cut. Horrible with the irons, the PGA championship, horrible with the irons before that though. Eighth at the Wells Fargo, seventh at the RBC Heritage, 16th at the Masters, sixth at the Players. I'm citing them all off, but I mean, sixth at Phoenix Open, fourth at the Farmers. He's been right there in the mix. The guy second at the Tour Championship last year. Like he is always in the mix of some actual upside. And we just haven't seen it lately. So again, I'll see if everyone's bailing on him. I can't bail on my guy. I got to go back to him. Uh, I always have a, a soft spot for Sungjae, but I definitely think. We'll see what happens here. Fitzpatrick's right there, too. You could make a, a conversation around him, too. But what are you doing in this 8K range? You already mentioned Fowler. We got Siwoo up to Jordan Spieth. What are you doing with these guys in here? I'm tempted with Spieth at 8,900. Like, I've been fading. He's been, like, my fade of the week for, like, the last three weeks. Uh, yeah, last three times he played just because of his injury. Like, he's got to be fine, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if there was a little bit wrong, like, don't you think he would just save it for the majors? I, I, I so I feel like maybe he must be okay, uh, or doesn't want to lose three million dollars. But there's like contingencies in that where if you miss designated events due to injury, it won't affect you. Yeah, and I think he can get away with that, you know, because he says he's been injured, so he must be okay. His course history here is really, really good. You got to think his ownership is probably going to be down because he missed a cut at a course where he dominates. So maybe that risk is, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm thinking about taking the risk this week with Jordan Spieth at that price. At $8,900, it seems like it's worth that risk. I, is it going to be good? I don't know. Now, the thing is, I love this 8K range. Like, love it. That's why it's really easy for me to just go ahead and skip the 9K other than my cash game, Cornerstone, and other than Hovland. And, you know, I mean, if it comes down to it, I can get rid of Hovland and just skip all that, all, all the 9K range, basically, if I wanted to, because I love this 8K range. Hideki, I think he's in, I think he's healthy. He's been out. He was out at Memorial scoping everything out. He's good at these, like, long, straightish type, you know, golf courses, you know, Augusta. Uh, you know, Firestone, uh, you know, this is sort of like his type of shit. Um, so I like Hideki. I think he's one year. Didn't he win here like 2013, 2012? Way back, 14. Yeah, like way back in the day. So so the guy loves this course. I like Hideki a lot. Uh, my third cast game, Cornerstone, is Corey Connors. Corey Connors, for some reason, like four par fives, long course, short hitter, he's still great. Yeah. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense. You know what I'm saying? But he's not long, but he crushes par fives. He crushes par 72s and he crushes long courses. Jimmy Connors, third cash game cornerstone. But man, I, I, I have like eight guys clicked in his eight campaigns. I love Ricky. I love Figala. Those two I'm going to play. They're going to be my favorites. I love Adam Scott. Adam Scott might be in my cash lineup. Might be in my cash lineup. I love Lowry. Like so, if I had to rank these guys, Fowler, Thigala, Scott, Decky, 
Spieth, Lowry, Siwoo. And I think I want to play all of them. Yeah. Spread it out, 20%, 20-25% for each of those guys, and then maybe go 40 on either Thigala or Fowler uh, this week. So uh, that's how I'm thinking about going. I'm thinking about somebody in this range is going to be my highest on. Yeah. I, I know one thing standing out to me. I thought you were going to say another point there. I apologize. But just to say it, well, you were talking about all those guys. Speed, Hideki, Connors plays really well there. Scott, we talked about Raman Scheffler up top. Some of these guys have a certain jacket. Some of them don't have a jacket, but have played really well there. Like it, it does just stand out to me that it just, you know, all the guys we like and that you talk about there, like you go back to speed. You mentioned his history here is great. He can put on these longer or on these faster greens, like all, all that stuff that we talk about is just somewhat of an interesting comparison. And again, you said it, you're going to risk the wrist. I think that's fine to do so. Again, last week I put the picture out there. It was hilarious. He was sitting on the side. It just looked like he you know, had a rough, really rough time, but you know, maybe he bounces back. I don't hate that Hideki. A guy that stands out. You go Hideki with the long-term stuff, Kenny. It's incredible. At the, yeah. you know, just to, you know, it's just goes that way. And it's not like he's been absolutely horrible. He's got some stuff. You know, 29th, 16th, 15th. Yeah, it's not exactly what you want to see, but that's the ones I always talk about. Where we're talking literally one or two strokes better, and these are all top tens or fifteens, and you're talking a totally different way about them. Go ahead. You, I, no, I you were you're, you're good. I was agreeing with you. Okay, I, my then, head in agreement. Okay, I thought you had a stat you were going to rattle off. And and then you got uh, Fowler, who looks to be popular no matter what, for good reason. Again, after the one missed on the number at the PGA Championship, he comes back with another T6. It just continues, so I could see why people would go there. But Connor stood out. Lowry and Spieth were like the two GPP guys, I thought, because I, even though Spieth has a decent history, just how with all these other guys around him, I could see Hideki get some late steam, but I don't know, like with Spieth there and all the guys above and below him, how it could happen. We'll see. Again, it's early. Do you think you can get single digit Spieth? No, because no. just this range is going to still get low. It's going to be like what we saw. It's going to be very spread out. A lot of guys in the 10% range, but that's not, we can't consider that. Who cares? If a guy's 10, 12, 13, whatever, just figure out what you want to do with them. I do like Spieth. I have interest there. I like the Lowry call down there at the bottom, just talking about, again, long term. The, the hands around the green, that sort of stuff you could find. And then I know Scott is pretty popular this week, but for whatever reason, Siwoo still stands out. And again, if I just pull long-term, top 25 T to green, uh, top top 20, top 15 almost in the 175 to 200, top 15 around the green, top 15 sand saves, strong bogey avoidance. Like this guy just comes out, you know, boom bust, but at the same time, it's 8,000. Like he's under the average price. It's definitely a guy you can get into your lineups and get off of the... Fowler, Matsuyama, Corey Connors range. I think Fowler and Connors going to be extremely popular by the time we get to the end of the week. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, probably for good reason with some of the stuff we've seen lately and the stats and the numbers and everything that goes with it. But there's ways you can get different with them. So I got no problem. I'm just bringing that up now while we get into the seven before we get into that seven K range. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking if you want to pivot in GPPs off Scott, who I think is going to be popular, you know, go with the Koreans because I like both of those, Siwoo and I like Tom, uh, just underneath. Uh, you know, 7,900 is a really good price for him. You know, I, I think, you know, he hasn't been playing great, but it's not been like horrible, you know? And, and the, the one thing about him is, of course, the biggest strength of his game is his iron play. And this is an approach heavy course. You know, you got to be good with the irons to be, you know, in contention. That's the best part of his game. Um, he's still top 10 in iron play in the last 50 rounds in this field. Now, some of that is, you know, from earlier on, but. He hasn't been horrible. 
So I, you know, I can get with Tom up here. I can get with Keegan, uh, another guy who can, you know, hit it fairly straight and fairly long. Uh, and his iron game has definitely always been the best part of his game. I, I can get with Keegan uh, down here in this upper range. Uh, and other than that, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm thinking about going back to Denny. I was huge on Denny last week. If you guys remember any, I think he, uh, no, it wasn't as bad as Cam Davis, who double bogeyed the last to miss the cut on the number. I think I had three guys miss the cut on the number. Uh, so Denny was one of them. Uh, if he's going to be single digit owned, you know, he came in fifth year last year. Uh, I, you know, he doesn't miss back-to-back cuts that often. Uh, I can, I can get back on him. Who do you like in this top range? And the Denny call is interesting because they can say with popularity last week, price drops for the field strength for sure. It doesn't really pop in the long-term stats, but like you said, fifth year last year, you could see how he does it. We've seen it at other courses, similar in strength, the field where he's pulled through and got the job done. So don't hate that at his price tag. I like Kucher. Again, it's long-term, but when you look at the stuff, like, man, t- third, bogey avoidance, second, sand saves, eighth, power five scoring, even, which is crazy, fourth, around the greens, 14th on approach, top 20 tee to green. I don't know who's going to get popular here yet, but I think he's definitely an interesting option. And then when you go up to the top, the Tom Kim call, definitely like that. Keegan, what are you doing with Grillo? Can you go back to the well? Like, he was definitely playing very well. It's You don't see that putter come out that often like you did with him, and but when he does, of course... Still got got to go to a playoff to get your your heart racing there for the boys that had him. But in general, what are, what are you doing with him? You got any interest there? Or do you go to? Do I mean, see- I might just play him since he told some troll that he banged his mom the night before. That was incredible. that was an, that was an amazing tweet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, 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 pretty incredible t- tweet from a professional professional golfer. Of a guy that never tweets, troll. by the way. He just never what? says a he never says a word, and he's yeah. just. You know, Really good like, yeah, I, I, I'm tired from banging your mom last night. My bad, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I lost it on that one. That was hilarious. I don't know about Grio. I don't have him marked right now. I know Baroff probably wants to play Woodland. Uh, really, Woodland outside of the PGA Championship has played pretty well. I don't know if I'm going to be on him or not. Um, you know, but when we go down a little bit lower, uh, my final casket cornerstone is going to be Ryan Fox, seventy one hundred. Um, the guys made about four or five cuts in a row, a bunch of top 25s ball striking numbers have been very, very good, uh, both off the tee and with the approach here recently. And as a cheapest guy in my cash game cornerstones, yeah, I'll go with Ryan Fox 7,100. So my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Patrick Cantley at 10,500, um, Terrell Hatton at 9,300. Um, Corey Connors at 8,300 and, um, Ryan Fox at 7,100 leaves like 14, eight. Uh, I already gave out what I, as of now is going to be my fifth play. Now that could change. Last week I changed. Uh, I went like, uh, Bazin, and Todd instead of Denny and Reavy. And, and, and it worked out. I mean, I, I still suck ass. Uh, but at least I got three, three of six instead of two of six, you know? So, but as of now, you, you guys know five other guys that I'm going to play, um, Benny on, you know, pretty good performance last week. He sort of faded on Sunday, but like, he's been like on the verge, like, like up there on the first page of the leaderboard multiple times on Sunday, uh, this year. Uh, so hopefully at some point in time, he could break through at this event. I don't know, but you know, again, 
ball striker supreme. He's one of the, yeah, that's what he's been known for throughout his career. Uh, so I like Benny uh, down here at um, 74. Kitayama already won an uh, elevated event, strong field, long, difficult course. Has already won one of those. Might as well throw it back out there. Um, I like him. Um, Detry is interesting down here. I, I was really, I was deciding between Detry, Jaeger, and uh, Ryan Fox for that fourth spot. I went Fox just because his ball striking numbers have been so much better uh, than the other two in the last couple, last about four or five events he's played. But I thought about Detry in there. He's been playing a little bit better. Uh, who do you like in this bottom range? Yeah, there's a few guys. The, the Kitty call is good. Chris Kirk was the first one that stood out at 7,400. Just going back. The thing about him is he's really good. Longer term, tee to green. Solid on approach. But if here's the difference between a guy like him and Tom Hoagie, who's also right there. Hoagie looks better if you pull it up on approach. Tee to green, long term, etc. All this stuff. But if the if the irons and whatnot aren't on, then that's where you find Chris Kirk. Really solid bogey avoidance. Really solid around the green. Really solid out of the bunkers. Things like that. So... I feel like that's a nice little pivot there. Even I don't know if Hoagie will be popular, but he really pops in the numbers. And I just kind of look at stuff like that. KH Lee, solid on the par fives. So I think he's kind of interesting to me for that reason. Guys, this is where you can find like Bez, Harmon, Hadwin types to find their way through. And then boom, bust is down there. Steven Yeager, another guy that just continues to show out. Like he, he really grinded to make the cut. Birdie on the last hole to squeeze in. And then went from there. So I thought he was pretty solid last week from that perspective. So, I mean, not a lot of guys here, but like Chris Kirk, K.H. Lee, Harmon, Hadwin, Bez, Jagger. You know, maybe that's it right there for now that stands out to me at least. Anybody else in this bottom 7K range you want to talk about? No, let's move on to the 6K range. My favorite play is going to be Alex Smalley. Top 30 in approach in this field. Top 25, T to green. Top 15 in bogey avoidance. I think he makes a nice little final spot for cash possibly uh so i'm a big fan of alex smalley um other guys that i'm gonna probably play i mean riley i'll play at 6900 justin Suh, uh i'll play at 6900 um taylor pendrith i'll pay at 6700 i really like giuseppe giuseppe's probably my second favorite play behind smalley 6600 top 10 approach in this field, in the last 50 rounds. Of course, the iron game is going to be super important, Tamo. And the Smalley call, I think, will be a good one. I think a lot of people will get there by the end. But I don't think anybody gets to anybody down here, really. So it's not like he's going to be overwhelming by the looks of it. So I think he's interesting. Some of the other guys more mid-tier, like Sam Stevens and Neesmith, stood out to me as a couple guys that you could just play. Fairways, greens, and hope they come through from there. Putnam. Seems a little bit underpriced at 6400 just from some of the other prices we've seen at other times. And then the other guy for me was Brendan Todd. I think you mentioned going to him last week, but another one who, again, we know what he does. He hits fairways, goes from there. But if he's missing the greens, solid around the greens, solid bogey avoidance, solid sand saves, all the stuff that you sort of need just to grind through at a price tag like 6700 So he was another one that stood out for me down here. I don't think too much else, though, Kenny. Not like Ches Reeve. You want to go back there? Top 40. Again, I just don't know if it's going to be enough, but if it makes everything else work, then I got no problem if you want to go down to him again. He just continues to get through, make the cut, and then see what you can do from there. So at 6,200, at least it's priced accordingly. 
All right, bets. I'll go first. I got Hovland 20 to 1. Hatton 28 to 1. Um Fowler 45 to 1. Degala 50 to 1. Adam Scott 55 to 1. Hideyama 100 to 1. Tampa. Nothing. I'm waiting. I have no interest in those. I know everyone's bet them, and I understand it. The JT28, the Ricky45, the Scott70 people got, the Hatton bigger number. I man, I just don't I don't see it this week. And I've I don't remember the last time I came on a pod and said I don't have bets to start. Like I literally don't. So it's Scheffler, it's Rom. One of those two is winning. Forget Cantley. It's it's Scheffler or Rom. Boring, well, but obvious. If if you want to bet Scheffler, I mean, here's the thing. Scheffler just had his 14th straight top 12. Last person to do that, it's been almost 20 years, uh, Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. 14 straight top 12s. Yeah. That's pretty fucking yes, incredible. Man, it's only the short. And it's not like he's been playing well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We come in every week and like, hey, he had a C game. Hey, he had his B game. Top 12. This course is so hard, man. It's just what you see. It's the way it goes. Again, you can have a guy like Billy Ho come through, but the way it sets up this week, especially, it's just to me, it's got to be one of those two. So I don't hate just betting Scheffler. I that's what I want to do. It's just I, you know, he was at eight to one. Now he's down to six and a half to one. Now the markets are out there betting without Scheffler, betting without Scheffler Rom, betting without Scheffler Rom Cantley. Like it's all out there. I just want to bet. Probably him to win, but it's him or Rom. I don't know, man. Rom is the other guy. When you give him four days over tough conditions like this over the field, it just gives him such an edge. I just think about all the stuff we've seen from him this season, the shots around the green, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, the fact that when you go back and look in history, he definitely feels a little bit robbed. And then last year came out, it was just a 10th. I think he was one of the highest ones. Cantley was third last year. This is what messed the whole board up last year, right? It had with, uh, remember I was saying like the four or five, eight K guys and the one seven K it's because Rom and Cantley were the only two up there, I think. And they were further back on the board. And then the rest of the guys were up there that made it up, including Horschel getting the win. So probably Rom I mean, or Scheffler. I'll, I'll announce it on Wednesday with uh, whoever I'm going with for my final bet. All right. One and done. I'm either going Adam Scott Fowler. Yes. One of those two. Yeah. I, th- I think you can just use Cantley. If you got him, the, the history is good. If you want to just get the racket up, designated event, get the money. If you happen to have Rom or Scheffler left, I don't think, let me just look. Scheffler's 29% availability in the Mayo race for the cup. Rom is 34%. So not many have him. Can't lay 28. If you have these guys, just use them. Xander would be an outsider. And then I think your Hovland bet is if you wanted to ride that as your one and done instead. And just said like, again, you can bet it to him. Just saying, but if you want to just ride that and say, I don't really care. At twenty to one, I'll just I'll just use him as my one and done. That's fine. I think Hovland is a guy that uh, you know forty percent or so have left, but most will be probably trying to find one of those other guys. So I don't hate that. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself thirty percent on a membership to Gups Corner. Yeah, and I gotta say, Kenny, before I go, pretty tame today for coming off the golf course with the shots and yeah, it must well, have been you the know, ball period. Uh, I'll let you know, like, I got back at, like, 6, and I probably had about nine shots on the course. We started recording Potter on 7.15. That hour, I had no booze at the house. I've been chugging, like, the one random beer that I have in my fridge that's been in my fridge for, like, 
a year. And so I, it's the only, that's like, really the only way I made it through the pod because I was dues, dozing out uh, <laughs> around 6.45 uh, when we finally got word when the pod would start. But yeah, definitely a little bit tame. Uh, it would have been sleepy if it wasn't for this beer, I can tell you that. Let's say we got a couple good ones. We got the, the Canadian Open and then the U.S. Open coming up back-to-back and then Travelers is a designated event. So it's a good little stretch coming up, starting with this one. You can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Have the tidbits up on Wednesday morning. Those are always free every week. You can check it out there. Add me, retweet them, quote tweet them out. It helps me out a ton. And then, of course, ShipItNation.com. Head on over to ShipItNation.com. You can get signed up now. It's $59 a month until June 12th. So it's ending soon. If you want to get the annual, it's $5.99. Save even more money, but you get all the benefits, all the major sports that are coming out still, NFL, NBA, NHL, all that's going to be coming out on top of MLB and then, of course, PGA. And then on Wednesday, Hoop and myself, 3 p.m. Eastern, will be doing the premium show over there. This week, no Mayo show as he is away. Be back. He's got another pod coming out on Wednesday instead. We'll be back next week, I believe, Monday, to do our RBC Canadian Open, our, our hometown event, but he's going away again. So uh, we'll be back doing it a little bit early next week for the Canadian Open. All right, that sounds good. Um, I had something in my mind to say at the closing. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Life goals. Basically, what I need from this event is to go here one time and have one of these motherfucking milkshakes. Somebody give me a milkshake, please. Let's win some motherfucking money, D-Gen Nation. Give me a goddamn milkshake. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds.